0: Good morning, everyone. Welcome to the Friday, July 24th edition of the MMA OB Daily Podcast. I'm your host, as always, Adam Martin. I'll be taking you guys through the latest in the world of mixed martial arts. Running solo today. I feel like I've had guests on the last bunch of episodes, but uh, nice to do a solo again, for sure. Um, hope everyone's doing well a busy weekend uh this weekend not just in mma but in sports in general baseball just started again last night which is awesome nba starting next week hockey starting in like a week too so it's going to be good but tonight we have bellator 242 so their first event in five months and tomorrow ufc fight island three the fourth and final card on fight island so man it's going to be a great weekend for sports fans i'm honestly so excited Uh bowling alley just opened up here in Ontario too, which is great. So things are going well, man. Playing softball this weekend as well. Like it feels like things are changing for the better. So as a sports fan, I couldn't be happier. But uh for today's show, we'll start with Belcher 242, then I'll go through UFC file in three briefly. I already broke down that card with Cole on Tuesday. Definitely check the podcast out if you haven't. We broke down all 15 fights. There's some news. Mike Tyson's returning. Uh, so then MMA news fight announcements so lots of good stuff, but I do want to start with Bellator 242, just because it's tonight, and I did want to get through it on Tuesday, and some people were asking about it, but like that would have been 20 fight breakdown for a podcast, it's just way too many, so I wanted to save it for today. All right, so let's get to this card, and we do have odds, actually, for a few of the fights, not all the fights in the card, but the main card we do actually have odds for, which is nice to see, so let's go through it right now, and Remember, a lot of these fights were booked on relatively short notice, like a couple weeks notice for some of these guys. So really hard to know how they're going to perform. I'm, I'm hoping these guys have some great performances. I'm hoping it's a fun card to watch, but it's hard to say, honestly. I don't know how much these guys have been training because Belcher kind of just announced this on a whim like uh, last week or two weeks ago that they were returning. So I know Cole had texted Ricky Bendeus the day his fight with Pettis was announced, he's like, I haven't even gotten a message about this yet. And then 10 minutes later, he's like, okay, I got the contract now, but that was like less than two weeks ago. So, you know, again, hopefully these guys have been training. Hopefully uh, there's some great fights and that's what I'm uh, expecting. So let's, uh, let's go through the the card here. I'll start at the prelims. Like again, no odds out for the prelims, but definitely worth talking about uh, Rudy Shafroth against race Hilton with the heavyweights opening up the card here in the prelims, uh, only seven fights on this card. A couple fights were uh, scratched. Um, Lorgan Storley was supposed to fight this card. He was scratched. Steve Mowry got COVID-19. He's a heavier prospect. A lot of people were high on, but uh, he tested positive. So he's out of this card, and Hilton replaces him against Shafroth. Uh, next up, we got Rafiel Stotts. He's a prospect that a lot of people are really high on, and Bantamweight prospect, contender series guy. Should be in the UFC, to be honest with you, but for whatever reason, the UFC passed on him. He went to Bellator, and so far, so good. Takes on Cass Bell here, undefeated fighter. Don't know much about this guy, but... Again, no odds for this fight. Jake Smith versus Mark Leminger altered about again. No odds for these guys. Uh, and then we go to the main card here. So short card, but you know, nice to at least have Belter back. We'll start with the opening card on the main card here. Aaron Pico against Solo Hatley Jr. in a featherweight fight. And right now the odds have Aaron Pico is an insane minus 750 favorite against Sol Hatley Jr. plus 525. When are people gonna learn a lesson about Aaron Pico? You can't trust this guy. I like Aaron Pico. At times, he's looked incredible. He's only 23, so he still has room to grow. We all know that, but he's only 5-3. and three. He's lost three times and only won five fights. That's not a good record. If you've been betting on Aaron Pico during his career, you're down a lot of money because he's lost as a big favorite multiple times. Looking at his odds here, you know historically, uh, the Zach Freeman fight, he was a minus 1,000 favorite in that fight and lost uh, by submission. Um, going to the Henry Corrales fight, he was a minus 600 favorite and lost that fight. And even in the Adam Boric fight, he was minus 280. You can't trust this guy. I can't believe people are are just throwing him blindly into a parlay. I, again, I know he's looked amazing at times. His last fight against Daniel Carey gets the knockout there, it was a great performance. I don't know. I wouldn't lay minus 750 on him. Now, you have to take a look, at, I think, at Solo Hatley Jr. eight and 2 record, 23 years old, so the same age. Trains at Rock City MMA in Little Rock, Arkansas. I don't know much about that camp, I'll be honest. Um, you know, just this guy in general has looked okay, I think. He has experience fighting in LFA. He lost to Austin Lingo, who's in the UFC now t- uh, last year. Since then, he's won two straight fights, including an upset win over Gaston Belanos by split decision in his last fight. And Gaston Belanos, not a household name by any means, but a guy that had some really nasty knockouts in Bellator. So that's actually a decent win, in my opinion. And, you know, looking at some of his other fights here, a lot of these guys, obviously, we haven't heard of, uh, besides maybe Lingo, who gets in the UFC. But for the most part, He's finished a lot of these fights. I would rather take a shot on this guy than Aaron Pico. There's no way I'd lay minus 750 on Aaron Pico. That's insane to me. Does he win? I mean, probably, but it's way too risky. You know, to me, this fight's way closer than the odds are indicating. Solo Hadley Jr. is not a bomb, guys. He's a young prospect. It's some old guy that's like 40 years old. Like, when Pico fought, uh, he, there was a few guys If Lee Morrison, that guy. Like, yeah, I can see why he's a huge favorite, but against... So, Hadley Jr., he's a young dude himself. I think there's possibly a chance you could see an upset here. So um, my pick's going to be Aaron Pico. He probably gets a knockout himself. But, you know, looking at the odds here, Pico inside distance, minus 310. Again, crazy odds. But Hadley Jr. inside distance, plus 689. I'm not saying he wins, guys, but I think you could throw a few bucks on just for fun if you wanted. He could win. He could knock out Aaron Pico. I wouldn't trust Aaron Pico. Fight doesn't go the distance, by the way. is minus 530. I don't think this fight goes in three rounds. Uh, obviously, it's juice like crazy, but you know maybe if you want to do a parlay, you could put that in there instead because I, I don't see this fight going in the distance, and it does protect you in case uh, Pico loses again. So, yeah, and we'll see what happens. I like Aaron Pico. Don't get me wrong. He's got a lot of promise, but he's got a lot of holes in his game, guys, and his chin is not that great either. All right, next up, this is an interesting fight as well. Taiwan Claxton against JJ Wilson in a featherweight bout. Um, Taiwan Claxton is a pretty decent prospect. He's looked pretty good in Bellator. He's only 27, trains at Elevation Fight Team, great camp, Colorado, 6-1 record. Um, Overall in Bellator, all of his fights have been in Bellator. So um, this is a guy who's kind of like grown from the beginning there. Uh, He's had some nice wins in his career. Half his wins are by knockout. I guess his most notable win is probably Chris Lencioni, um, Sunshine. Uh, Some of the other guys he's fought don't really have much of a name, but he did fight Manuel Sanchez in the tournament last year. He got submitted. And, uh, obviously that was a poor performance losing in the second round, but you know, Manuel Sanchez is like a really good fighter. I think he's in the top four right now in the tournament. Right. So that's not that bad of a loss. Uh, JJ Wilson, he's uh, not a not bad prospect though. Five and zero. he's a New Zealand guy, 22 years old, really young, again, five and o. Four of his fights coming in Bellator. So another homegrown fighter, nice to see this from Bellator and four of his wins have come by s- submission on the ground. So interesting fight. I looking at the odds. Um, uh, Tyron Claxton, minus 245. J.J. Wilson, plus 205. Again, it's a situation where Tyron Claxton probably wins this fight, and I'm actually pretty high on him. But this J.J. Wilson guy is not a scrub by any means. I think, again, there's a chance you could see an upset in this fight as well. Uh, I think there's a lot of upset potential in this card. So if you're going to – it's not like the old days, guys, with uh, Bjorn Rebny, where you just blindly throw in four or five of the big favorites, and they usually all win, except for King Mo when you find Manuel Newton. But they usually win. And this – Situation though, I, again, I, I think it's dog or pass at plus 205. You know, you're getting an undefeated young fighter, 22 years old, who is facing a guy who was submitted two fights ago, and that's his bread and butter. So there's a chance that could happen. Most likely, it's going to be Tyron Claxton, probably stuffing some takedowns here and then outstriking J.J. Wilson. That's probably how the fight goes. So my pick's going to be Claxton, but I don't think I would lay minus 245 on him. I'm not saying, i you know, go crazy on J.J. Wilson, but there's definitely a chance he can win this fight. I think. I think the odds are probably a little bit closer than they sh- or should be a little bit closer than what they are. All right, co-main event, and this fight is one of the best fights in the card. When I saw this one announced in the press release, I was like, "Yes, this is a fun fight." Jordan Beane, the Canadian, taking on Jason Jackson in a welterweight boat. And right now, Jason Jackson's at minus one fifty, Jordan Meehan plus plus one thirty. The opening odds, actually, I don't know what book opened this, but Jordan Meehan opened at minus one forty-five, and and uh, Jason Jackson opened at plus one fifteen, and. Uh, I, the DM Cole right away, I was like, man, I like Jason Jackson as a dog here. And even as a small favorite, I still think he wins this fight. Like, it, it's, it sucks going against Jordan Bean because I got to be honest, like, for a long time, he was, like, one of my favorite fighters to watch. Uh, you know, he's 30 years old now, but he's an old 30, guys. He has 43 fights at 30 years old. That's a lot of fights. Um I've been watching this kid. I would say kid. I mean, he's only one year younger than me. I've been watching Jordan Mean five or 10 years and I've always respected him as a veteran of the Canadian fight scene. I mean, he's been fighting as a pro for 14 years. So he's been fighting since he was 60 years old. Um, his first fight against Warren McDonald. we all know that, you know, we, some of us have seen that fight. That was an interesting fight. But this is a guy who's fought tough competition for 14 years. Like he's never really fought scrubs. Like you look at Jordan Mean's record, even when he was like up-and-coming fighter, he was fighting guys that were veterans and stuff. So he's a guy that is a pioneer of Canadian uh, MMA. And I think you have to have a lot of respect for Jordan Meehan. Um, And he has some nice wins in the UFC as well. He has a winning record in the UFC at five and four. So not a great record by any means, but a winning record coming off two straight wins over Alex Moreno and Eric Silva. So he's a guy that early in his career, Jordan Meehan was definitely just a striker in many ways. Um, We all remember that fight against Evangelista Cyborg Santos. That was 10 years ago, guys. Crazy enough. Nine years ago, um, just destroyed him with elbows. I remember that fight. It was brutal. Uh, and he's had some good performances in the UFC uh, at times. Um, the win against Mike Pyle was a great win for him. Beat Dan Miller, finished him as well on the uh, Diaz GSP card, which I was at. I've seen him fight a bunch of times. Fought Forrest Patson in the score fighting series. Great fight. Um, you know, he's just a guy I have a lot of respect for. But at this point of his career, age 30, I and again, it's an old 30, guys. 43 fights. It's a lot of fights. I, I feel like you have to fade him here. I know he's coming off two straight wins. Um, and not bad wins. Moreno is not a bad fighter and Eric Silva is not terrible. Obviously, he's not as good as he used to be, but he's not that bad. Those are some decent wins and his losses are to some decent guys, Muhammad, Nick Alves. Um, the thing about Nian is he usually was just a striker back in the day, but he's more of like a grinder now. He has to do that to win his fights. He can't just stand and bang with guys because his chin is not what it uh, used to be. And his body's not what it used to be. We saw that Tiago Alves fight. That was five years ago now, which is crazy to think about. I can't believe that fight's been five years ago. I remember that fight, though. He got kicked so hard in the body and just went down. And that worries me. And since then, he's just two and two. Um, you know, it's nice to see him back. But, again, coming off almost a two-year layoff. His last fight was in July two, uh, 2018. So it's been a long time since he's fought. Uh, and to me, like those are signs of a guy that you probably should be fading. Uh, Jason Jackson, on the other hand, this guy's solid, man. 11 and 4. They call him the ass-kicking machine. Great nickname. 29 years old, so a year younger. He's a big dude for welterweight, 6'1". Trains at a good gym down in Florida there. So uh, this is a guy at Sanford MMA training with good fighters, man. Gilbert Burns and these guys, like, he's training with good fighters. So he's a guy who's been decently impressive in Bellator, 2-1 and in Bellator. Uh, coming off a win over at Kichi Kunamoto, former UFC veteran his last fight, was a solid performance. The Ed Ruth fight, he was a big underdog in that fight, and he nearly won that fight. A lot of his people thought he won that fight. He lost a split decision there. So this is a guy that's pretty solid, man. He's got some decent wins as well in the regional scene against Diego Lima's in the UFC right now, and a few other guys. Um, he also fought Colby Covington back in 2012. I mean, he's been around for a while, man. So he's a guy that I think is kind of on the rise, even though he's not like a big name by any means but he's kind of on the rise and he's a guy that he was on the contender series and he got injured and he didn't get another shot with the UFC. But I think he's kind of proven since then that UFC maybe should have given him another shot after getting hurt. Uh, Forward one since then arguably could be five and no, had he won the Ruth fight. So to me, this is a good spot maybe to bet on Jason Jackson. I think he wins this fight for sure. Guys, uh, I've been impressed by this guy and Jordan me. again, you know, getting up there, and it doesn't seem like he's getting up there in age, but he is, especially in fight years. And he's a guy that hasn't fought in forever. So to me, like, all the signs are pointing to Jason Jackson winning this fight. Minus 150 is a pretty competitive line, I think. I think that's a nice line, um, personally. So I, I would definitely think about b- making a bet on uh, Jason Jackson tonight. I, I, I think he could probably win this fight. So we'll see what happens. I mean, Jordan Mean, certainly a capable fighter. He could definitely win this fight, grinding him out, maybe even out striking outstriking uh, Jason Jackson. But I doubt it. I, I think Jason Jackson has a lot of edges in this fight. And I like him quite a bit. All right, time to get to the main event of the evening here. We have Ricky Bandejas against Sergio Pettis, and right now we have Sergio Pettis, minus 170, Ricky Bandejas, plus 150. A great fight here. I like this fight a lot. high both guys. I mean, they're both solid fighters. Sergio Pettis, 19-5 record. He's coming off a win over Alfred Kasaki in, in his Bellator debut after leaving the UFC, submitted him in the first round. It was a nice win for him. And he's got a lot of experience, man, fighting in the UFC. I mean, he's only uh, 26. So he's been fighting in the UFC since he was 19. So that was a lot of experience at a young age. And he had some nice performances at times. Like he beat Joseph Benavidez. That's a great win. Um, he's got wins over Brandon Moreno, Tyson Nam. Like these are solid wins, guys. John Moraga. So these are some solid wins. And he has the experience of fighting guys like Henry Cejudo and and A. Formiga and, and a lot of like really high-level fighters. So you got to like Pettis, man. He's definitely a, a talented young guy. I think this was a really nice signing for Bellator. UFC, I think, could use him right now. I think he's one of those guys that could easily be fighting for the belt against uh, Figueredo. pettis Figueiredo, that's a great fight. We can't see it now, but it would have been a great fight. Uh, on the other hand here, we got Ricky Bandejas, 13-3. He's 28 years old. And to me, he's actually a solid prospect too. He's a guy that I think probably should get a little bit more uh, respect in general from uh, fans and betters. I mean, this is a guy who has some good experience and some nice wins. He has a win over James Gallagher by knockout. I picked him in that fight two years ago. It's been a while since that fight, but still he looked good in that fight. His last two fights were wins. The two losses in belt uh, patchy mix, who is going to be fighting for the belt next against Juan Archuleta, who's He's also be going to be fighting him for the vacant title. I think it is. So that fight's happening next. Um, those are the two top, top guys in that division. So those aren't bad losses by any means. I mean, this is a guy who has a win over De Devalishvili. 2014, regional team win, but still, that's a nice win. Tony Bravely's a guy in the UFC. He has a win over him. So he's a guy that's been underrated, I think, for a while now. I think Ricky Diaz can win this fight for sure, too. So I think this is another spot where it's a potential dogger pass situation. Um, I, I am really high on Pettis, though. And again, he should win the fight. That's why he's the betting favorite. I get it. But I think Ben Dejas... He's proven that he can win fights as an underdog, and he's got some advantage in this fight. Like, the high reach return is in his favor, he's 5'10", um, compared to Pettis, who's only 5'6". So, Vendias is a really big guy for this division. It's a slight reach advantage. I'm high on this guy, man. I am. I'm high on Pettis, too, though, so it's tough. Uh, I prefer to look for spots where I'm high on a guy and I'm low on another guy like Jason Jackson versus Jordan Meehan. I'm really high on Jason Jackson. I'm kind of low on mean right now. That's why I think that's the fight to target on this card. If I had to pick the four fights to target, I'd pick Jason Jackson if you want to make a bet tonight. But uh, I- I'm sure there's going to be people that want to action in all the fights. That's totally fair. Ben Dejas, Pettis. Yeah, again, I'm going to pick Pettis. Probably wins the decision here. Just kind of outpoints Ben Dejas, but... But Diaz can win this fight. He can, for sure. So definitely be careful about this one. Again, it's not like the old Bjorn Rebney days where you can just parlay blindly all the big favorites. They almost always win. This is a little bit different. All right. So, yeah, that should be good tonight. I'm excited for it. And then, of course, we have UFC tomorrow, UFC uh, Final and 3 And I can't wait for this card. So, again, on Tuesday, myself and Cole Shelton broke down the entire card, all 15 fights in the card. I mean, it was a pretty long show, but it was a really fun show to do. I'm excited for this card, guys. There's some nice fights. Like, seen some people say that you know, not the best offering, but to me, it's like this is a solid card. Especially, it's it's so chock full of international talent. How do you not love that? You know what I mean? So, I'm excited, guys. I really am. This is gonna be a fun night of fights. If you want to hear the preview, go back to Tuesday's podcast and, and listen to that. I gave all my picks out, so I won't be doing that here. But we did have the weigh-ins this morning, so I, I definitely feel like it's worth talking about uh the weigh-ins right now. So let me just pull them up here. Uh, let's see here. MMA Junkie weigh-ins. Hopefully the video player doesn't just automatically play it. So far, it hasn't. That's good. Okay, so... Um, and there it is. Of course it does that. Okay. So just looking at the weights here, I think everyone made weight. Uh, I believe we're still waiting for Tornado. Let me just double check if he's jumped on the scale yet. But from what we've seen, everyone made weight. So there's definitely a few guys that are, uh, wor- worth talking about their weights. Um, you look at, uh, Gustafson Verdun. That fight's interesting, to uh, talk about because of the weight, uh, kind of just difference for Gustin between his last fight and this fight. He used to weigh 205, as we all know, when he fought Anthony Smith, John Jones, everyone. 240 for this fight. So Gus going to in at 240. That's a interesting weight uh, for sure. against Verdum is 242. So a lot of people are kind of counting Verdum out of this fight. And I think there's a possible chance he could pull off the upset here just based on his experience, based on his uh, just mastery of the ground game. If this fight hits the mat, he's going to have a big edge, I think, against Gus. If Smith can tap out Gus, there's no reason Doom can't. So... You know, love Gus. He probably wins this fight. He's a huge favorite to do so, but, you know, the weight definitely is interesting. I mean, how is that weight going to play for Gus? One of his big keys at Light Heavyweight was his movement and his range and his uh, speed. But by putting on this extra weight, how's that going to affect him as a fighter? So maybe he wants to go in there and just knock out for do Maybe that's his game plan and he doesn't care about the, the cardio that much. We'll see. It's going to be an interesting fight for sure, but definitely we're talking about. The other fights, uh, the other heavyweight fights, Tom Aspinall, 248 against Jay Collier, 264. So Jay Collier went from middleweight to light heavyweight, not a heavyweight. Pretty nuts. Um, have, we haven't seen him fight in a while. I mean, we'll see, though. Like, everyone, again, is counting this guy out. but And usually, yeah, coming off a long way off, you should. But he's not that old. I think he's like 30 or 31. So he's not that old. And uh, Tom Aspinall is making his debut here. Like, who knows? Who really knows? Again, Asimov probably wins this fight, but heavyweight fight against a guy who does have some experience in the UFC. I mean, you can't go two knots. And the other heavyweight bout here, Tanner Boaster against Rafael Pessoa. Canadian Boaster 235, Pessoa 264. It's a good way for Boaster. I think he weighed in like similarly for his last fight. Um, Pessoa really heavy though. I mean, 264, he, Probably was cutting down for something, so he's a big dude for sure. He'll have a big weight advantage if he not, if catches Boser on the chin, he can put him out. But you know, Boser, I think, has shown that he's got really good speed and movement for this division and good striking. Man, his last fight, he looked really nice in that fight against Philippe Lenz. Very impressive performance, it looked great in that fight. I can't believe he didn't get a bonus, by the way. he's really should have, but uh, he did sign a contract extension with the UFC recently, so he's doing okay for himself. But yeah, I think he probably wins that fight, and again, from what I see, everyone else had made weight. Let me just check about Tornaldo, though. That's the one guy that I think was having some issues he might have missed. Let me just take a look. Francisco Trinaldo You got to love the old man Trinaldo but let's see here. Um, Francisco Turalo. He's He hasn't weighed in yet. So that's the only guy. And... Uh, Hopefully he makes weight, but I, I, I mean I will say, I'm sure some of you guys or a lot of you guys listen to the podcast Tuesday. I did pick Jay Herbert. So, I mean, if he misses weight, we've seen a lot of guys that miss weight lately have not performed well. Uh, Abdul-Rik Al for instance, he missed weight. He didn't look good. And Sky. I mean, there's been a lot of fighters lately that miss weight, didn't perform well. So it could be a spot again to fade Trinado, but you know, I see a lot of smart people on Trinado as well. Interesting fight. I mean, I wouldn't go crazy on it, but definitely worth talking about there. So, I'll keep my eye on this while I do the rest of the show here. But, uh, yeah, right now, Ternal is the only guy who hasn't weighed in. And then talking about the main event, you have Whitaker and Till both at 186. So, solid weights for both those guys. I'm looking forward to that fight quite a bit. All right, some other news here. Mike Tyson against Roy Jones Jr. is official for September 12th. Also on that card, Jake Paul against Nate Robinson. I mean, I don't know what to say, guys. Um, Tyson Jones is going to be an exhibition fight. So, there's going to be no winner or loser. I guess that means you can't bet on it. I mean, there'll surely be some prop bets or something like that, like who wins the first plunger? I don't even know what kind of prop bets there are in boxing, but for a fight like this, where there's no there's no winner or loser, uh, the fight could, I believe, stop by a cut. Um, but it's going to just be an exhibition fight, eight rounds. <sighs> I mean, Tyson said he's going to be coming back. I, I kind of didn't really believe him. I'll be honest. I was like, okay, hey, he just wants to get his name back out there. But this is happening. Um, Tyson, 54 years old. He hasn't fought since 2005, so it's been a long time since he's fought. Um, You know, Mike Tyson, I think newer fans probably don't really know him as well as maybe someone growing up in the 80s, 90s would. Um, I grew up – I'm an 88 guy, so I grew up in the 90s, and, you know, when I was a kid – you know my dad and his friends would watch tyson fight man i remember the fight with holyfield so uh, you know i've watched the fight i was only a kid back then i was eight years old but uh, i remember that fight we bit his ear off so you know he, he's been around uh forever and he's a legend of boxing legend of combat sports one of the greatest combat sports athletes uh, ever but haven't fought in 15 years he does look great though in his videos man for an old guy i mean he looks awesome he looks in way better shape than than me you know i wish i was in that kind of shape man so he he's in incredible shape. Um, you gotta love Mike Tyson, man. I mean, obviously very controversial guy, but you know, you gotta love him for what he's did in the world of combat sports. And he's been such an influence, right? Even for the UFC, I mean, he's kind of like an unofficial ambassador for the UFC too. So gotta love Tyson, but I mean, I don't know what to say about this. It's obviously a money grab for both guys. I know Tyson wants to fight again, but I don't know what to say. And then uh, Roy Jones Jr. I'm gonna talk about him here, 51 years old. Roy Jones Jr. Um, another guy who's had a really interesting career. He fought two years ago, so he's actually been pretty active lately. He's still fighting decently often. For an, for a guy who's in his 50s, it's incredible what these guys are doing, man. Like, you got to give it up for him, man. You really do, but I mean, it's not like I'm going to be super excited for this show. I'll probably end up watching it. I mean, let's be honest here. I think a lot of us will probably just watch it out of just sheer boredom and 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 curious interest, I guess. But what am I expecting? I don't really know. I mean, it's two guys in their fifties going at each other in a fight that there's no winner and loser. It could be fun to watch. The other fight, Jake Paul, Nate Robinson. I mean, again, I can't believe I'm even talking about this, but yeah, Jake Paul, the brother of Logan Paul, who's uh, a boxer, I guess. YouTuber. He's a YouTuber. He Does have the boxing match. Um, these guys have been talking a lot smack to like Dylan Dennis and they ended up fighting Nate Robinson, former NBA player, five foot nine, one of the shortest guys in NBA, but man, he could dunk three time dunk champion just an amazing athlete really, um, as a guy who's f- played in a lot of sports. So cool for Nate Robinson, man, honestly, again, give it up for the guy. I mean, you know, it, this is, it's kind of stupid and gimmicky. And if you don't want to watch it, you don't have to watch this, but good for this guy, man, he's living on a dream, wants to take a boxing match and he's probably gonna make a decent amount of money doing it. So I got respect for the guy for doing it. But again, you know, it's not like this is going to be a high level fight. Um, it's not like I'm super interested in watching it by any means. I just think it's kind of cool that these guys at their older ages, are still trying to, you know, do something else. So it's kind of cool. All right, let's get to the news, and then I'll do fight announcements and get out of here. Um, GSP was interviewed this week by uh, TMZ, and he said he's not fighting Khabar Usman. He's 40 years old. He's retired. He's happy. You know, you got to love GSP. You are talking about respect and combat sports ambassadors and, and legends. GSP's at the top of the list, man. I mean, this guy is... Just an unbelievable fighter, as we all know. He was incredible. Uh, yeah, at times he could have just been a grinder, but he dominated everywhere, man. It was so easy for him. And Kamar Usman last week was interviewed by TMZ as well. That's kind of where this came from. And he said he wanted to fight GSP. And, and Usman, I listened to the interview. It was kind of cool. He talked about GSP being the first hybrid fighter. He was the first guy that could really mix in the wrestling and striking. Um, I think there's a few other guys that, you know, Randy Couture at times, could have did that more he was more of just a wrestler that, but did some boxing as well chuck liddell was kind of a wrestler in reverse he would keep the fight standing but you know gsp is the first guy that really like did the style of, of of boxing you up and then taking you down grinding you out that we've seen from guys like habib who's an even better wrestler and then usman who is a actually a very similar fighter i think to gsp in many ways so both these guys have 12 fight win streaks in the welterweight division Usman thinks it's the best fight for GSP to come back to. I I just think for GSP, the only fight he probably would do would be uh, Habib and possibly Conor McGregor. I don't see him coming back for any other fights. I don't think you could completely count the door on GSP coming back, but this fight wouldn't make sense for him. You come back at age 40 to fight Usman, who's seven years younger, who's way more active, who's just a better fighter at this point probably, and probably lose a decision. It probably wouldn't be that exciting of a fight. So... I don't think that's the kind of fight he'd want to come back for. But I think, you know, Connor because that could be a big fight money-wise. Or, uh, again, Habib, just because I think a lot of, like, fans would love to just see that fight. Even though that could be a boring fight, too. I think it'd be a, a really intriguing matchup that it's more winnable because of the weight advantage in his favor. But that's it. I mean, I don't see him fighting uh, Usman anytime soon. And he already shot it down, so it's not happening. But, you uh, know, Usman called his shot. Whatever. Shot his shot. Respect to that. But it's not happening. Um Volkanovski. He's uh, hoping to come back before the end of the year. He said he'd fight Max again. He would take that trilogy fight, uh, but he's kind of looking towards the other fights and other fighters in the division, the top five. He said specifically Zabit, Magaman Sharipov, and the Korean Zombie, which I think to most of us are the next two guys in line as well. You can't really forget about your Rodriguez either, but... Uh, I think it's mostly going to be Korean Zombie just because he's, you know, he's a guy that doesn't fight that often. So when he does fight, you kind of got to throw him in these big fights. And I think it'd be a really exciting fight. And he would push Volkanovski. But, you know, Zabit is a really interesting matchup as well. A lot of people feel like Zabit's an uncrowned champion in that division. So it should be interesting to watch, though. I mean, Volkanovski's great. We all know that. Even though I didn't think he won the last fight, the guy's still a phenomenal fighter. So it doesn't matter who fights. I think they're all really interesting fights. Uh, Marlon Marias, he kind of explained why he thinks Aljamain Sterling is getting left out of that title shot. He believes that Dana White's a Just Bleed fan, basically, and wants blood, and Sterling's going to try to hug Yan and just try to take the fight down top mode. and he thinks that he wants some fight that's going to be more competitive standing, like Jose Aldo, which was a decently competitive fight for a few rounds there, so he's probably not wrong, and I think Marias is still an interesting fight uh, for the champion period. Again, they were supposed to fight in June in Kazakhstan. The fight fell apart. Marias, I think he's I think he's negative now with COVID-19. He might still be in quarantine, but either way, I mean, he's he had COVID-19, so he'll be out for a little while. But he says October is his uh, comeback date, and I think Yan's a good fight. But they probably end up giving it to Sterling anyways. Dana White's been kind of noncommittal about it. It's kind of weird because he did promise uh, the winner of that fight with Garbrandt, or, uh, Sanhagen or get the title shot. But you know, some people are saying maybe Garbrandt slips in or Marias, So, We'll see what happens. I mean, it could be an interesting uh, decision by the UFC if they, if they choose not to give it to Sterling. It's going to be controversial, but uh, I'm curious to see what happens there. Uh, speaking of COVID-19, Irene Aldona, she tested positive for it as well. Her fight with Holly Holm has been postponed. That fight was supposed to be next weekend's main event, and now Aldona and Holm will be postponed to a later date. Holm's not going to be fighting next week. It's too bad. Hopefully, she feels better. Um, now, the new main event is Derek Bruns against Edmund Shabazian. It's a three-round fight one week's notice to get these guys extra two rounds of preparation. It's just kind of unrealistic. So definitely, uh, you know, I think the right decision to do the three rounds and look at those odds. Edmund Shabazian, minus 300. Derek Brunson, plus 250. I'm um, really excited about this fight, though. I think Edmund is an amazing prospect, one of the best prospects we have right now. Um, but Brunson is a guy that's proven himself to be a really tough out, I think, for – uh guys that are kind of up-and-coming or middle-pack guys. But, I mean, if you beat Brunson, he's like the gatekeeper of the top 10 at this point. So that'd be a great win for Edmund if he wins it. But, you know, I think a lot of people are going to count Brunson on. I think that you got to give him a little bit of respect just based on the wins he has in the UFC. Okay, so let's just get to a few fight announcements and I'm going to get out of here. Um, There's been a few fights announced the last couple of days. This one's kind of interesting. I like this fight. Gerald Mearshart against Ed Herman. That's going to be taking place next week. Don't think we have odds for that one yet, but it should be an interesting fight. Uh, next up, we have Kevin Giles going to be taking on Kevin Holland in that card as well. So Herman, and uh, I think it's Herman, but yeah, definitely Holland stepped in on short notice and uh, actually, was it maybe it was Mearshart that stepped, yeah, Mearshart stepped in on short notice. So uh, both those guys stepping in on short notice, but definitely winnable fights. Gerald Mearshart moving up to like, heavyweight for this fight against Herman. I, I really like that fight. Man, both guys are just great fighters, man, in my opinion. I know their records aren't great and they lose a lot of fights too, but they're fun to watch, both those guys. Giles Holland should be a fun fight as well. Both those matchups are, are pretty cool. And as well, add to that card next week, Bobby Green against Landon Venata, the rematch. So interesting rematch here. These guys had a fight two years ago. They had a draw. So this is definitely a fight that makes sense. Uh, both guys kind of in the same spot. No idea who I favor. Um, you know, a couple other fights here. September 19th card, Jordan Espinoza against David Dvorak in a flyweight boat. Pretty interesting fight there. Um... Also on that card, Takashi sat actually August twenty second. Takashi sat over Stan Rodriguez. That's a fun fight in the welterweight division, and I think yeah, that's all the fights that were announced. So a couple of fights there, um, and it should be fun, man. There's some good cards coming up, guys. Right now, it's supposed to take place in Vegas. All the cards in August. Who knows? I mean, Dana White's been kind of. He's like, I'm a little bit worried these fights could get canceled. So it's definitely a possibility these cards could be scrapped at some point and moved or something, moved to a different location. I think Dana said they have a backup plan somewhere in the USA. He doesn't want to do it, but he said that they could do it. They'd have to move there for like six weeks or something, though. So we'll see what happens. But, uh, yeah, next week is official, though, I'm pretty sure. So we'll see that August 1st card at least, and then we'll see what happens after that. That August 8th card, it's weird because there's odds out. We have fights announced. We have guys saying they're fighting that card, like Alenik and Lewis, the headliners. But... For some reason, I don't think that fight's been officially announced by the UFC, that card. Really weird, and that's two weeks from now, so very strange there. But uh definitely the card next week's good to go, and this card tomorrow's good to go. So great weekend of fights, guys. I'm looking forward to it. Um, I think that's it for today's show. appreciate you guys tuning in and everyone listening on other methods, including iTunes and uh, Google Podcasts and Spotify. So I really appreciate that, guys. You guys can follow me on Twitter at MM Adam Martin. Podcast is available at MmaAltbreaker.com. Check me out at MmaRatings.net. Uh, you know, just appreciate you guys tuning in and always, giving me some support here. Um, definitely would love you know to get some more subscriptions. So definitely, you know, hit that button there, hit the like button on the on the video as well if you can. I appreciate that, guys. You know, try my best here. It's a lot of fun, love doing it, but love to get the numbers up as well. All right, guys, have a great weekend. Enjoy the fights, Bellator and UFC. See you guys. Bye.